Thank you, everybody. This is a brand new edition. You're inside the new temple of Memzerinity, featuring your host, yours truly. This is the Mem Society podcast. I am John Mims. Later on, we're going to be joined by a good friend of mine who I've been knowing for over 25 years. Her name is Erin, and she's going to give me her POV, her point of view, if you will, on relationship talk featuring why are women not dating in 2024 and taking time for oneself and is it being selfish and there is a there is a, a such thing as being selfish for yourself doing things for yourself but we'll cover that in a little bit later on we have q a go ahead and drop a like and hit that subscribe button, drop a question, a comment for tomorrow's big game, Super Bowl. Tomorrow is going to feature San Francisco 49ers going up against Kansas City Chiefs. And not to mention, with that being said, going to have Usher being joined by Reba McIntyre in tomorrow's supposed halftime show. We're going to see how that goes. Now, there's always controversy in the news. There's always something going on where people are going to be pissed off and upset about. So apparently, the name Kansas City Chiefs, much like how society did with the name Washington Redskins, you have people who are angry and are outraged with the name Kansas City Chiefs, mainly the Native American people. And not to say that they are right or wrong, but they have the right to be upset. They have the right to be pissed off, you know, because they feel that it is some offense toward their culture. And with that being said, hit me up with Q&A. What is your questions? What is your concern? What is your thoughts on tomorrow's Super Bowl? Kansas City Chiefs versus the 49ers. Drop a hit and like along with my brand new subscribers. Let me know what you think about that. Also, WWE heads. I know I got some wrestling fans out there that's big to see what went down on the recent WWE press conference that featured Roman Reigns, The Rock, Cody Rhodes, Triple H even had to come out there. Man, that shit was off the chain. Everybody knows it's fake, but that slap is heard around the world almost as big as when Chris Rock got slapped by Will Smith, if you will. <laughs> okay, calm down. It ain't that damn funny. And now, the fallout behind that is they're going to let Cody finish his story at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns, which, to me, I think which I think is a good thing. I was never against nor pro against the ideal. I said, hey, let that young man go and do what he got to do. Um, with that being said, uh, stick around. Let me know what is your thoughts. Hit me up on a Q&A, leave me a voice message. And I will definitely read your question and your answer online the next time we are online. 
Sit tight. We have segment number one coming up. I'll talk about some unknown black history facts. History facts that we as black people probably should know, but you know, of course, they don't teach a lot of that and wasn't teaching a lot of that in school as we we're coming up. So stick around. We have some more coming at you that we're going to discuss. We have my good friend, Aaron. She'll be calling in here shortly. We're going to discuss some more topics on that. She'll probably drop some of her uh, information, some of her knowledge of some black history as well. Stick around. We'll be right back. Thank you very much for that warm, wonderful applause. Welcome back, you. We are inside New Temple of Mims Aridity. I'm your host, John Mims. You're listening to Mims Society Podcast. We're coming at you right here on what was used to be Anchor. This is Spotify. We also are featured on iHeartRadio. We're also on Amazon and Apple, wherever you can get your wherever you can get your podcast. I'm glad that you're joining me, old members and new members. Right now, uh, my good friend, Erin, she just uh, called in. She's gonna join us here. And we're gonna, I have a few things to go over with a couple of Black History things, you know, being to this Black History Month. As I said a few nights ago, um, we have the longest history and we have the shortest month. The shortest month to do anything, Tell us, and as I said before, I'm black, 25-8, and I create history each and every day. But the unknown history fact that I'm going to share with you here, excuse me, and that is between 1810 and 1850, an estimated of 100,000 slaves used the Underground Railroad to escape to the North. And that's something that I, I really didn't know. That is a, that is a, a great deal lot of people. Uh, I was naive back in the day because I really thought that it was a underground railroad thinking people was actually underground, you know, going to their freedom. Uh, so Aaron, being that this is Black History Month, you know, you and I, we went to a predominantly black school, middle school and high school, uh, what are some things that you could tell me about black history that has affected you or some things that uh, you have learned throughout your tenure here? You know, you're a black woman, so I'm pretty sure you know, growing up here in Texas, uh, in Houston, if you will, and I believe you have you know, moved away for a little while, but you're back here in the good old uh, Houston. So what does black history mean to you? Uh, well, if someone like myself, and before I start, uh, Jill, let me say thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, it's everything to me, you know? Um, my whole family is black. I think maybe, you know, we have a little Indian there. You know how black people are. We always got a little Indian in our family somewhere. Um, but uh, it's everything to me. Um, it's my past, my present, and my upcoming future. So, absolutely. And I do have a black history fact I'd love to share if you, if you have time. Oh, absolutely. Please, by all means. 
Okay, just a quick reminder. You said earlier about Black History being the shortest month. But I kind of wanted to just remind everybody really quickly that it was Carter G. Woodson. He was the creator of Black History Month. Um, he's actually referred to as the father of Black History. Um, really quickly, uh, he is the second African American to graduate from Harvard University with a doctorate degree. And he's one of the first scholars to study and research the history of African Americans. So like this, this, this worldwide, you know, interest now in the black culture and black history and in our roots and in Africa, it started with Mr. John G. Wilson. What's this? Carter G. Wilson, I'm sorry. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I remember hearing his name, you know, coming up, um, you know, being that, like I said before, we went to uh, predominantly black schools. So that name, it, it, it does ring a bell. Um, a, a lot of times in the, in the in the libraries and even now, because, you know, back then, we, we didn't have access to uh, Google and, you know, the way the computer systems are set up now if we had Absolutely. yes and, and I believe if we have the technology uh, then as we have now I think I don't think I would have been as dumb in, in high school as I was as you were smart <laughs> <laughs> but as a matter of fact um, yes I'm glad that you was able to join me here tonight uh, I'm, I have some listeners um I'm sure on the East Coast, you're probably joining me. It's probably 12:44 Eastern Time, and if you're joining me Central Standard Time down here in Houston, in Europe, we're looking at 11:44 p.m. Uh, this is February 10th, uh, and this is you know a a time where we're we're getting ready to come away from the weekend. It's Saturday night. Uh, hope everyone is enjoying their Saturday night and being safe out there. Um, as as we approach um, Valentine's Day, uh, as we approach uh, President's Day, I know there's some other holidays uh, here in February that's coming up. Uh, and but with that being said, speaking of Valentine's Day, um, that coincides with the uh, next segment that we have coming up here shortly. Uh, it is simply going to be. Why are women not dating in 2024? And the second part to that is women taking time for themselves. Is that being selfish or is that being something that's been necessary? So sit tight. We're going to go over those topics here shortly. Erin, she's online to give us her insight, her input on on um, on dating here after uh, after the age 40. We'll go into that topic as we head into Mem's side note. So stick around. You're inside the Temple of Mem Serenity. This is the Mem Society Podcast featuring your host with the most, John Mims, listening right here on Spotify, formerly known as Anchor, slash FM, slash John Mims. We'll be right back. <laughs> Calm down. You make sure y'all bring your asses right back.
right, welcome back, everybody. You're inside the Temple of Mims Aridity. This is Mims Society Podcast, your host, John Mims. Thank you for listening, my old listeners, my new listeners. Make sure you share, like, and subscribe. This is uncut, uncensored. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Leave those questions and comments, Q&A. Uh, we have my good friend, Aaron, online. If you have any questions for Aaron while we are on live, make sure you send them in right away. If we have a chance while we're online, we can we can definitely can play them while we're online or we can read them while we're online, either way. So this next segment right here is entitled, Why Are Women Not Dating in 2024? That's the first question. I'm going to pose that question to, to you, Aaron. And then the second part to that question is, uh, is it necessary for a woman to take time for herself? Is that selfish or is that being selfless? And you can answer those however you want to. Absolutely. That is a great question. I'll be happy to answer. Um, so I can only speak for myself, John. I can't speak for all women. Um, but I think selfish is a great word, although it's not really like fitting. Um, it's, it's more like women are not dating in 2024 because we're taking time to get to, to know us again. Right? We are, we've been mothers, we've been girlfriends, we've been wives. You know, we, we had to go to work and be employees. You know, and for me personally, I personally chose to stop dating probably about three, three and a half years ago, just simply because it was just too much on my plate. Um, And I actually was scared to stop dating for a while um, because I was under the impression, like a lot of people, you know, that, you know, you miss a warm body and you miss someone to call and someone to love you. and, 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 And you kind of do to a certain degree, but what I gained um in return was also just as pleasing you know um i got more stable mentally emotionally financially because i didn't have anyone else to um rely on me anymore all my kids are gone and you know i've been divorced for years you know at this point or whatever and so basically it's just me to focus on and it's it's a lot more air over here (laughs) to breathe in a lot more space so Okay, that sounds good. So you mentioned that you were married before. How how old were you when you got married? And what did you take away from the time that you were married? I should say what... I'm sorry? No, I was just going to say, great question, actually. Um, so I was 19 when I married. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I actually am very grateful that I got married, you know. I didn't have, you know, um, the type of marriage. I don't see, I didn't seem to take out of marriage what most people take out of marriage. Usually people come out of marriage and they're bitter, you know, he lied, he cheated, she lied, she cheated, so on and so forth. But I gained wisdom, you know, I gained a lot more wisdom about the world and how the world works, you know. And so although my marriage ended in divorce, um, I was grateful for it, and I wouldn't change it. If I had to do it over again, I would. Um, so that's kind of my perspective. Okay, that sounds good. I 
I was actually married once, um, and my experience, I, I have to say, it, it was it was parallel, it was similar to yours. I got married when I was 25, 26 years old. And I like to think, yeah, I was young, and I felt like I was ready. I felt like I put my heart, I should say, I felt like my heart was in the right spot when when I first made that venture to do so. So when when people say, oh, you were too young to get married, uh, you didn't have an opportunity to get to know yourself, you were just a baby yourself, what what do you tell people in society, younger ladies who may want to be married, who are, who are thinking about investing on being married? Because a lot of times, well, before you answer that, let me say this right here too. Not just with the younger people, but even with middle-aged women, you know, sometimes they're they are infatuated with the idea of being married. They're infatuated with the with the idea to the point where they haven't put much thought, much creativity. It, it takes time. It takes hard work to to be in a stable marriage. So, what would you say to a, a young lady out there? who's probably 19, 20, 21 years old, who's probably in a relationship, what would you say to someone that who, who wants to take that journey on? Um, I would honestly say go for it. And, and again, as a divorced woman, um, I feel like that may sound, you know, sound a little bit hypocritical or whatever, you know, especially since it didn't work out for me, but I would still say go for it. Um, again, because if I have to do it all over again, um, I was, I was, I used to be them. I was full of the ideology of marriage and I wanted it for myself, right? Not knowing what the cost really was, not knowing what it, what it actually took to be married, right? It wasn't just butterflies and, you know, flowers and roses, you know? And so it's my marriage that brought me to where I was today. And so I say go for it. And, um, you know, because you live and learn. I mean, you only have one life to live. And so I say, you know, live it. You know, and if it doesn't work out, that means it doesn't mean it's the end of the world, you know? If there's other things out here to explore after that, once you get that off your chest, you know? <laughs> you tried it, now let's try something else. Right, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you 110%. Um, for a long time, um, after my marriage, and, and anybody that, that knows me know that I spent a long time being by myself, being single. Um, I tried to take some time to kind of reflect, but at the same time, during that reflection, you know, I did meet uh, someone, I did meet different uh, ladies, um, and I don't know if it was if it was necessary to meet them, uh, you know, as a man, you know, we're always not necessarily thinking with the head that's on our shoulders, if you, if you know what I mean. We're normally thinking with the head between our legs. So, so, so post-marriage for me, it was more of a, and I'm not ashamed to say it, it was more of a, of a, of a, of a like a carnival because those years of being married, I don't know if I felt like I was missing out on something, if I felt like I was being held captive. Uh, I don't know if I felt like I got married too young, 
if I felt like I had some play left in me. I don't know what it was. But for me to say that on air, online, here today, it's admittance to myself that, sure, I would probably do it again, you know, based on my experience. But at the same time, uh, it would be more of a cautionary tale. Now, I've been known to be someone to throw caution against the wind, but at the same time, um, don't be so you know caught up into the rapture where you're forgetting to take your brain with you. And I and I think nowadays in society, we're we're so caught up like I say like I say in the ideology of what we think a relationship should be. Oh, it's a fantasy. Uh, we see things on television like these reality shows that we're seeing. That we that we came across in the 2010s and that, uh, up until now, it's uh, it's helped warp society in my opinion. Um, used to be back in the 50s and the 60s, you had the the woman who was the um, who was domesticated in the home, and nowadays uh, you you have to have two in two working incomes, sometimes three. To make the household run better. Absolutely. But um, but my thing is here. Um, w- one of the um, posts that I think that I see a lot of times on social media is that um, it is the which I know we're going off topic here just a little bit, but you know I think uh, it it coincide with with women dating and, and taking time to themselves and, and or not dating because it it coincides with what we think the perception of what a woman thinks um, should go on versus what the man thinks. Uh, for example, um, when I talk to a lot of guys, young and old, they figure that the woman should be able to hold down a household, cooking, cleaning, uh, you know, still being able to make love when, you know, even when they're tired. Oh, and don't let, don't throw some children into the mix because, because, because they're going to have to not only be superwoman into the mix, but they have to also still be sexually active for that man. So I I think that I mean for me, we when you look at it now and then for the the woman's standpoint, I mean what do you think that they're thinking nowadays? Well you can give me your personal take on on relationships. When, I should say when you were dating, what was some of the things because I know a lot of times it's 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 always that A old uh adage uh, who should who should like take care of the bills and who should do this and who should do that? Like, what do you think is is different nowadays with 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 the man is supposed to be the provider versus him versus in society people want to do things 50-50? Um, my personal opinion, I don't think that it's you know, I'm all about teamwork at this point. You know, I'm all about togetherness and, you know, um, I would have to say as a woman, 
um, I would love for a man to be a provider and protector and, you know, and all of these, you know, again, but just like the ideology of what marriage would be once you get married, you know, uh, that's what the ideology of what a man is, you know, not supposed to do. I don't want to use the word supposed to, but, you know, ideology of what a man's role right is in a relationship you know to provide and protect or whatever and so um i don't i can't think of anybody who wouldn't you know even a man you know um a man being a, a wealthy woman just imagine a man being married to Oprah. he wouldn't have to do anything right mm-hmm. um so me i'm looking more towards teamwork now right because i got married without ideology of a man supposing uh supposing to be the provider and the protector and just solely Right, but after marriage, you know, 45 now, you know, not 19 anymore. You know, I just kind of just I want someone to deal with and to flow with and to work with. So I don't really have um, a certain standard. Um, I don't really technically believe in those gender roles per se. Um, I do believe in femininity and masculinity. So that's not what I'm saying. But when it comes down to paying bills and you know, stuff like that. I'll step in and do what you can, and you step in and do what I can. But I don't think it's, if you or me, and you do this, and I don't, or vice versa, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much my take on it. Well, one of the things um, that I had covered in the last episode of Men's Society, a good friend of mine, Mr. Lee, he called in. Big shout out to Mr. Lee. He had called in and um, we were talking about, um, and I believe me and you may have touched base on it one time in a conversation about about um, masculinity in a woman. And, and nowadays, how that being accepted, just like, you know, just like we mentioned about the gender roles uh, here in society, I think one misconception that I, that I notice, especially amongst black people, and, and this is my opinion, because we we grew up hearing the term uh, tomboy. You know, there was a young lady that may dress in t-shirts, blue jeans, tennis shoes, you know what I'm saying, baseball caps, you know, shit like that. And it was us, and she'd be outside playing with the boys and playing basketball. So we we dubbed that as a tomboy. We wasn't using the term uh, uh, stud and 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 bulldogger and shit like that because we we didn't start hearing those words un, un, until later on in in life. But now there's a misconception because you could see a woman who's comfortably dressed and not in high heels, but she's, you know, dressed how she wants to, you know? And, you know, they might say, okay, she dressed like a tomboy or she dressed like a stud. They would they would try to say that about this person. And, and, and where the masculinity comes in at, um, I think for me, you know, sometimes it's how the person is raised, especially if she raised around a lot of guys, that there was a man in the picture. Um, but uh, there again, I, I could be wrong. But at the same time, I've always had a male figure around, even though I grew up in a single parent home. My mother, she raised you know both me and my brother, 
you know, practically by herself. But I, I had a father who was always around. I may have not saw him every day, you know, coming up into the infrastructure. But a lot of that, you know, coincides with in today's society, with dating, with marriage. Sometimes it's what you see uh, coming up. Because if, if you're if you're growing up seeing used to seeing uh, a mother and father in a structured household, a lot of times that's that's what you're gonna want to have. You know, um, I don't I don't necessarily think I grew up having uh, or seeing or saying, oh, I have a preference. Oh, this woman have to have this and she have to have that. I was a, I was attracted to what I was attracted to. So, which brings me back to the forefront of what I said about in society. Uh, nowadays, uh, with everybody wanting to look a certain way, everybody want the woman to look a certain way, the, the women want, wanting the men to look a certain way and act a certain way. But they never discuss uh, how they should be acting and how they should carry themselves in a relationship is always looking at the next person, how, how the next person should be and how, how to, so in your, in your aspect, what, what do you think coming from your point of view? What do you think? Now, I think it's okay for someone to have a preference or to have a, a choice because that's, that's the choice, but I think when you're searching for real love and when you want real love, when you're wanting something that's tangible, a lot of that stuff is going to eventually go out the window. Yeah, that's it. I think I think what you're saying in 2024 is more of uh, the evolution of women, right? Uh, because we women, we've been suffocated by the ideology of, of, of men for centuries. Right, so your question isn't really new. You know, it's been going back for centuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Um, even during the time of slavery, right? All all black people, right? Abraham Lincoln, he got us all free, right? Um, the men, black men, were able to vote for more black women. There was a season of time where all men could read and write, mm-hmm. right? But a woman, she didn't have to, because all she needed to learn how to do was cook and clean and raise the kids, you know? And so I think what you're saying in 2024, when it comes down to women, is a slow but steady evolution coming into the forefront, right? Um, let me give you an example. So um, I was taking my trash out the other day, um, and it's quite far, you know, um, from my door or whatever. And whenever I walk, there's a group of guys, they kind of just sit outside and talk. They'll have to pass them to get to the dumpster, you know, to take my trash out. And um, this one guy, he was trying to be a gentleman, or what he thought was a gentleman. He was trying to be polite, which I did appreciate. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, you know, go ahead, you know, give me those bags or whatever, I'll take them the rest of the way. And a couple of times I actually let him do it. Um, but um, there was a time when I went to my dumpster and um, he asked me to do it again. And I said, no, sir, I said, you've been so sweet. I said, but I can do it, I have it. And he replied, he said, um, 
not going to let me be a man? What? And I said, sir, don't do that. <laughs> because this simply the fact that I wanted to just go ahead and take my own trash out that day. Mm-hmm. It should not, it shouldn't have anything to do, you know, right, with his manhood, right? So that's kind of what I mean by you're seeing the evolution of woman in 2024, and you're seeing it more prevalent now than any time in the past because um, we're kind of understanding that there's really no difference between men and women except for anatomy. Mm-hmm. Everything you guys can do, we can do ourselves, right? right. right. And Absolutely. so to not do something because it offends someone's masculinity doesn't really come across as manhood to us anymore. So there's some, there's some things about men um, that, you know, I think it's more of a man's ideology of what a woman should be. And we're kind of saying, you got it wrong. Right, absolutely. Well, at the end of the day, I applaud that gentleman for wanting to help you because I I feel like right now, this is just my opinion, that being a gentleman, and I've said it many, many times before in person and on the podcast, that being a gentleman is a lost art. So I applaud that young man for, for doing so. Also, at the same time, I applaud you for wanting to be able to take out your own trash and the ability to, to be able to do so. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with a woman being independent, wanting to do things for herself because at the end of the day, she only gonna have but herself defend for, especially if, if her children is grown out the house, uh, if, if she's, you know, not dating anyone, then, then she's going to have to basically put her big girl drawers on and do some of the things that she either used to been doing anyway, as opposed to get used to not having a guy around and you know, keep her some tools and screwdrivers around, you know, pretty handy at the end of the day. Um, to me, oh yeah, I know what it was. Um, the part where I was saying was taking time for yourself. We can reiterate on that. And I can say from a standpoint, you do have to be a little selfish sometimes when it comes to doing things for yourself and on yourself because when when you're struggling, you may have a support system out there that, that may come to your aid, that may come to your rescue, but nine out of the 10 times when you're struggling, you have to kind of do things by yourself. So taking time to yourself, that, that teaches you to be strong, to be patient. Uh, it, it also teaches you to not have to rely on anybody else. I, I'll coincide that with too because when you know sometimes a person might say, "Well, that's a negative way of looking at it," but no, you have to look at it like this: you came into this, you know, you came into this world, hopefully, you know, sometime with parents and sometime without parents. We're fortunate to come into this world with parents that loved us, that clothed us, and do all those things. And once we left their home and became grown adults, we have to do things on our own. Now, if we were fortunate enough to still have parents 
and love us, care for us, and still help us out here and there. That's what I grew up with. You know, with parents that still, even though I became grown, they still, if they were able to, they still helped me out if if I needed the help. And I was blessed by that. Um, so, so taking that time to be by myself, I think much like how, how you did, I mean, we learned to kind of, uh, like I say, take a step back. You know, self-love and self-care is the best when it comes down to that. Um, and that's going to lead us into here our third segment. It's going to be me on the side note as we have an open discussion about uh, here in 2024, dating after the age 40. So sit tight. We'll be right back. We have my good friend Aaron as we as we're gonna embark on that next discussion. We're here inside Temple of Mims Heredity, Mims Society Podcast. Your host John Mims. We'll be right back. All right now. All right now. Everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. You're in the place to be. Temple of Mims and Rennity. This is the Mims Society Podcast featuring your host with the most is John Mims. We are online here with my good friend Erin. She's calling in from an undisclosed location in the greater part of the great old state of Texas, Houston, Texas, if you will. We have this next part here that I like to call Mim Side Note. And Mim Side Note, we have an open discussion here, a Q&A for all my listeners. Drop me a response in the, in the voicemail section. Hit that like and subscribe button as we go over, as we talk about um, women here in 2024. Uh, we are in the time frame of uh, people dating in the age 40, in their 40s, and after dating in the age 40 time frame. Now, uh, Aaron, I know that you said that you have taken a break, some time off from dating. Um, when you meet a guy on the street or on social media or anywhere you meet a person, and when you let them know that you're not dating right now, you're not interested in dating right now, what is the first thing that a guy says to you? You just haven't found the right man. Um, and if it's not, you haven't found, just haven't found the right man. Um, then it could, it could help you. <laughs> okay. So, okay. But with that being said, okay. So I know a lot of times when, when you tell them that you're not dating, do they usually automatically assume that you've been hurt by someone in a bad relationship, you've been mistreated? And if so, how do you handle that type of response? Um, I just kind of laugh it off. Um, um, now, it's like, if it's like someone such as yourself, you know, as you said, we've talked about this before. I go a little bit deeper, you know, but it's just general conversation. I'll just kind of laugh it off or whatever. But um, I'm 
definitely not in a heartbroken phase. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been heartbroken before. Um, who hasn't, right? Anything that I can say that's happened to me before has happened to pretty much everybody, and that's on both sides of the spectrum, right? Right, absolutely. But, um, I'm just kind of like, I just wanted freedom. I wanted freedom from the restraints of the rules of womanhood, mm-hmm. which, you know, when you have a man, it's constantly like just sitting there hanging over your head, right? And um, I wanted time to get to know who it was that I was, right? I wanted to know who it is I can be, apart from the stereotype of what a woman is and what a woman isn't. And I, I figured the best way to do that would be to stop dating. So it's more of a learning experience, a growing experience for me, as opposed to any, any more heartbreak. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I agree. Um, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. Like you, you have to, you have to put yourself in perspective that a lot of, not all, some guys out here who are in the dating pool are really wanting to get to know and meet a young lady and have a long-term relationship and possibly marriage. Um, I know one time we had discussed about, you know, nowadays we're in the, we're in the computerized, we're in a social media um, um, uh, era of dating. So everything is online. Uh, plenty of fish, you have uh, uh, Bumble, you have eHarmony, all these different type of um, dating platforms. Uh, so everybody is really looking for something. Whether, like you said, freedom, they're looking for solace, they're looking for salvation, serenity, whatever it is. At the end of the day, a lot of times a woman and, and guys too might say, oh man, I ain't out here looking for nothing. Or she might say, oh, I'm not looking for anything. But at the end of the day, it may be a small window of whatever it is that you are looking for that other person obviously may not be looking for the same things. So when that occurs, um, I, I talked about this once before in another podcast. It's not all about the chemistry. And sometimes it's it's about you may have little to nothing in common with this individual. Mm-hmm. But you take the time to maybe have gone on on a couple of dates, a couple of meeting greets, and you have learned something new about this person that you didn't know before and vice versa. And, and that kind of is your stepping stone, that's your launch pad of saying, okay, this actually might be a good relationship. And when I say relationship, it doesn't always have to mean uh, sexual go to bed. Relationship could mean platonic. It could mean like a good friend. But who in 2024 have a platonic relationship out there? Because me being a man myself, I'm not going to say all the women who are just my friends or platonic friends. I'm not going to say lie and say that I didn't, it, it didn't cross my mind to think, oh, how how would I be if, if I dated this person? Because I'm pretty sure it crossed a lot of people's mind. And when they see how you are or how the, how the person is toward you and how they are, 
I guess their perception is you may change over time. Oh, I only see this person as a brother, or I see this person as a sister, or or whatever. But it may not be anything romantically inclined. So that's something else I think that's important in, in dating. And and I guess the misconception is nobody is taking the time to get to know one another. There's no dating, it's no, you know. This may sound cliche in elementary, but who who finds out if a person has a favorite color? You know, who does that now? Is is jump right into the situation, not necessarily jump right into bed, but they're eager to jump into a relationship just to say, I'm in a relationship, or I got a boyfriend, I got a girlfriend, or a, a, a name that that we were saying before, they come up with all these different names, a, a, a situationship. They wasn't talking about that stuff in the 80s and in the 90s and the early 2000s. It's been around for a while, but, but, wasn't no, but there wasn't no name to that. You know, side piece, and uh, uh, you know, you just had you. Uh, the lady had a couple of different uncles. I mean, I'm sorry, not uncles. Like, like she introduced to, to her children. Oh, this uncle so and so, this uncle such and such. You know, so back in the day, yeah, yeah, yeah back in the day, or or over a guy, if he had a couple of you know lady friends, Miss Ethel. He, you know, Miss Ethel baked them good old pies on Sunday. He'd go to Miss Ethel's house to, uh, you, you know, to try them good old pies. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, uh, we, as a people, we have to get it straight. We have to get it back on right because just because of the misconception. And one other thing I wanted to ask you being that, you know, uh, being in, in, in our 40s is really not, bad at all. Somebody who's in their 20s or in their teens, they may view us to being old, but being in our 40s is really still fairly young. Um, when you were dating in your 40s, as opposed to the age that you are now, in, in, the, in the mid part of your 40s, what, what, what do you think has changed as far as dating? And uh, what would be something that you would change about yourself when you decide to go back into the dating pool? Mm, me dating in my 20s versus my 40s, um, I honestly, uh, my answer would be naivety. Um, you, again, like you said earlier, kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier. You know, um, when you're not young, you're, you're, you're more caught up in the ideology of having someone and the ideology of being married and the ideology of becoming a parent and you think it's going to go a certain way or whatever, you know? Um, and so um, when I was younger, I went, I my movements, my decisions were based more off of the ideology than the reality, right? Um, so I think that's the primary difference in my 40s. You know, it's like um, I haven't done away with the ideology. You know, I would love to be you know, in a, a committed marriage one day, I would love to know. Um, well, that's why, but it, I understand that it's, it's more than just us walking down the aisle or even having sex or living together, you know? It's the actual connection 
or you like the you actually like the person that you're with, right? Do you love the person that you're with? Because you have to like them too, right? So I would say that's pretty much the primary differences between me in my twenties and me in my forties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my twenties, I'm you know if I'm single, you know I'll I'll give you a shot. You know in my forties, I've given so many people a shot that I'll, I'll just kind of be more selective. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, it, I don't know. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. You know, if I'm still the same person, you know, just older and wiser now. And I also have to go in um, and um, give a big shout out to the most high, right? Um, to the guy plays a, a very big role, right? Um, in my determination. You know, especially as I get older, mm-hmm. right? Because God is wise, you know, and I don't know if you're a believer or not, but, um, so yeah, you know, you just kind of, you get older in your mind, you know, it's like your parents used to tell you when you were younger, or, you know, you're, you're old awful, you know? Right, right. Well, now I understand. Yeah. Well, one thing I can say that me being a, a 47 year old man, uh, you know, I, I probably thought, in, in my 20s, I probably thought I knew a lot, but I was still barely scratching the surface versus now. And it's, 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 it's the old school saying where they say, when you live and you learn, and the older you get, you know, you're supposed to mature. You're supposed to. You're supposed to, absolutely. Right. And, but a lot of times, you know, we, we get so caught up into, um, what everybody else is doing, a, a trend, you know. One thing I can say, I can't just say all people, but one thing I know, me being a, a black person, sometimes we get caught up in trends, we get we get caught up in fads and, and different things, and we just run with it. We, you know, they we run them into the ground. The trend and the fad that I want to see come back into style is caring for one another, loving one one another. You know, humanity needs to get back to, you know, I, I am I am a believer and I, I can't sit up here and preach love, but I can definitely use this platform to increase with without love, you know, this world is gonna be doomed. You know, we, we say a lot of times money money is what makes the world go around, but love is what's going to keep this world afloat. It's going to keep this world alive. You got it's, it's about the faith, too. But uh, with that being said, we, we just basically have to, you know, I always say come together. I say this about family members, friends, anybody across the world that's to take the time to listen to the Mental Society podcast, they might take a message or may hear something that's that's um, that's education for them or something that's uplifting for them. So even though I, I pride myself on a lot of times a person hear me say this, I pride, I pride myself on being a gentleman. I pride myself on on you know, trying to be humane. And, and being a good person because I believe that's important here in life. Now, Absolutely. Now, there are sometimes some people who will take that 
and, and you know, use your kindness for weak. And for those individuals who are out there listening, they, they may have feel like uh, people are using them, abusing them, mistreating them, getting over on them. You know, don't stop doing what you're doing. Keep on being positive. Keep on being nice. But at the same time, you have to be selective to who you can be nice to because everybody is it's not going to return that positive, nice energy that, that you were trying to display to them. So you have to be, I hate to say it, but you have to be selective. You have to pick and choose sometimes who you can let into your home, who you can be nice to, uh, who you can give a helping hand to because they'll try to use that as 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 a as a scapegoat. Okay, well, he helped me. They've been here with me, so I'm going to take this time up for the use they as now. So you just have to kind of be you know, more leery of that. Anyway, stick around, everybody. You are right here in the Temple of Mims Serenity. This is the Mims Society Podcast, featuring yours truly, host John Mims. I got my good friend Aaron calling in from an undisclosed location. We got the next segment coming up next on my social talk as we break down Valentine's Day and the daily things that, that should be done in a relationship as opposed to one day out of the year that people use for Valentine's Day. I'm also going to break down. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to read something uh, online here when we come back about the true meaning of Valentine's Day and what it's supposed to mean here in our community. So stick around. We'll be right back. Simmer down, simmer down. You're right here in the place to be. You're right here in the new tip of the Mims Serenity. Your host, John Mims. You're listening to the Mims Society podcast right here on Anchor slash FM slash John Mims, right here on Spotify. We're also right here on Amazon Music, iHeart, Google, uh, Apple, and anywhere you can find your podcast. We're still here. Got my good friend Aaron still on the line. Uh, we're going to cover some social talk here um, as we're upon him, or I should say, as Valentine's Day is upon us. Um, I hope everyone that if you're in a committed, monogamous relationship, dating, married, if you're in a situation, if you've got you a, uh, a side piece or whatever it is that you have, make sure that y'all go out with a bang if, if, if that's your thing uh, a lot of people don't know Aaron I actually got married on Valentine's Day um, in 2003 as, as a matter of fact um, I was 2004 I'm getting so damn old it's like I can't I can't remember these dates <laughs> but um, but I believe uh, marriage is a, is a blissful thing I believe it's not for everybody we stated before in the previous segment, you know, uh, I don't, I don't have any regrets. Um, if I can do it all over again, I, I'm pretty sure I would. 
there's there are some things that I probably would change because some things that I, I know better now. With that being said, um, do you have any fond memories about Valentine's Day when you were married or you were in a relationship? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Um, in all honesty, Valentine's Day, it, it all kind of gels over the years, just like Christmas and, mm-hmm. and Thanksgiving, you know wonderful days to be celebrated but nothing real special you know for me it's another day but I'm happy for everybody who's who's gonna get gifts and get it in and whatever they're gonna do on Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. but it's always blessed for me okay yeah I don't I'm not the type of person that um that you know obviously it's it's a big deal to a lot of people who is dating I like to believe that I'm a, I'm an individual that I like to give all year round if, if I'm able to. Um, so I believe if 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 a person is, is with someone have a significant other, sure represent you know flowers, candy, you know some women out there are are not into flowers and candy. They you know they're they're not traditional that way. They want other interests of, of dating. You know, I believe that if if you if you're in a committed relationship, there are things that they're gonna be expected daily. That, uh, people are gonna have expectations um, as far as in the dating pool, in a relationship situation, in the pool of it, because they they may be expecting a, a hug and a kiss when they get off of work. You know, dinner to be prepared. Um, rose petals to be in the bathtub and you know the man's slippers wearing on him a, a foot rub whatever you know and, and and that's all good i like to believe that it's important um to show you care absolutely yeah it's important to keep those things uh, alive and well in relationships uh and sometimes people are not inclined or they're not in tune to do stuff like that, you know, uh, like for instance, uh, it could be a person's love language that they're not very affectionate, they're not very um, touchy-feely, so they may be the type of person where they're buying you something, they cook, or, or, or they're giving you gifts, you know, that's their love language. So uh, with that being said, you know, hey, that's, that's, that's a, a good thing too. Do you think that Valentine's Day is overrated? No, no, I wouldn't say it's overrated. Again, like just like Christmas and Thanksgiving, I don't think it's overrated. Um, I do think it sets a lot of people up for failure, you know, because it's a day of love, right? And so, I heard plenty of horror stories, you know, when you think you're the one and, and you don't you don't see him or her until February the fifteenth, you know, right? But <laughs> but um, no, I don't, you know. Like, you know, uh, nothing wrong with having a special day, right? It's just like a anniversary, you know, the day you, you know, got married or the day you started dating or, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's overrated per se, but um, it is excluded. I guess that's a better word. Okay. Well, it's funny that you mentioned love because anytime that we mention uh, romance, that should be 
one of the things that's, that, that love's supposed to coexist with. I'm going to read you the definition um, of Valentine's Day and where it originated from. And I'm going to give you my opinion, my assessment to what I'm about to read here. It's coming from Wikipedia. And everything that you read on there, I understand it's not always true. So sometimes you have to kind of go and read behind the word and kind of do your own like little research because they have they have the the origin of it and they also have a dark origin of it um which which i may read it, it could offend a lot of people but here on my society podcast you know i don't like to offend anybody but we we shoot straight from the hip here uh this it's uncensored it's uncut uh, it's unedited the only thing we edit on here is the music so, so the so the first part I'm going to read for all my listeners out there who's into Valentine's Day, or if this is your first time ever celebrating Valentine's Day, and it says it originated as a Christian uh, fest or feast, if you will, day honoring a martyr named named Valentine or Valentine, however you want to pronounce it. Through later folk traditions, it also has become a significant culture, religious and commercial celebration of romance and love in many regions of the world, okay? Now, with that being said, my take on it, um, and I'm not gonna go you know, too deep into it because we, we have listeners that may be Christian, maybe Baptist, that may be you know, all types of walks of life. So um, my thing is when you throw in that it originated as, as a Christian uh, uh, feast. Um, a lot of it, you know, ties into uh, like a gathering, people getting together. And it seems like the, the significance of it with the, with the exchanging of the gifts, uh, I think, like you said before, it coincided with Christmas. Uh, it's a, well, being Christmas is a pagan holiday which that'll be another thing that we'll discuss at some, some other point. But a lot of times they take something that was an idea and they'll try to use it as a religion. Or, but as, as I got older, different regions may, may call it something else. You know, they, you know, they may coincide it with uh, just a, a person having fun you know, going in the direction of, because they always the, have a symbolic of white angels with wings. Um, sprout, yeah. Yeah, sprouting leotards and looking like they could shoot somebody with an arrow. You know, that's that's usually the, the perception. Um, and, and you see it everywhere. It's a Christian romantic culture. Um, and then at the same time, it's supposed to be a celebration of, of love and affection. That's what it says. But now, if, if that is the case, here uh, it is fixed by the Eastern Oxford Church. So when you go deeper uh, into it, uh, there are a lot of stories that, that connect with uh, St. Valentine's, with the 14th, you know, 
with, with the Valentines of Rome, stuff like that. But now with that being said, uh, I was never really somebody who really celebrated Valentine's Day. But if I was, I'm with someone and they want to celebrate, they feel like it's, it's necessary. And uh, I would go I would go out my way to make sure to, to represent. Now, uh, there's a darker side, dark origin of, of Valentine's Day. Uh, they say, of course, to celebrate the, you know, the romance. Everybody having a kissy face and they talk about Cupid and his dark, bloody massacre. You know, there's a lot of things that they talk about that I go into. Uh, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory because a lot of that stuff is on YouTube, is on Facebook to go in and see. Uh, but from here, it says February 13th through the 15th, the Romans celebrated a feast of, of uh, Lucretia. It is, it, is, it is a men sacrificed a goat and a dog bend with the women, with the hides of animal, as they just just as a sign. This is something that they did back in the day. That's just one of the things. They had different, they had like different brutal rituals when it come down to uh, you know, with the landmarking for these different types of things that they were doing. Later with the Pope, they were doing so many other things. But like I say, um, I think if, if, if you're into Valentine's Day, if you have a significant other and they're into it, you know, hey, represent the best way you can. I believe if, uh, I like to be the, the kind of person that show the sign of affection weekly and daily if I can, if I'm with somebody. Uh, it may be excessive to a certain degree, but at the end of the day, I guess you have to know your, your limitations and your boundaries because you may be dealing with someone that's not as affectionate as you are. So you have to kind of you have to kind of go along with uh, how should I say, uh, make an exception you know, for one another. But it definitely has to be some sort of awareness. But with that being said, I mean, um, I mean, do you feel it's necessary in relationships for for people to compliment daily and, and to show signs of affection daily or is it just whenever they get around to it? Um, I guess I would say that it's necessary to have Um, so I don't like I said I don't know about every day, 
Um, but you know, more than once a year, definitely. Um, and then just as a little fun fact, I'd like to throw in that I heard that Valentine's Day started differently. I was waiting for you to say it, but you didn't. Wait, say it one more time. I heard Valentine's Day has a different origin than the ones you mentioned. Right. There was a there was a lot of there's a lot of different ones that I had came across. This one here, it, it jumped out at me. There's a more of a sinister, dark, bloody one that talks about um, uh, more of a murder uh, dealing with with the church and stuff like that. But it was more of a darker side of it. Um, but I, I think with, um, with with it being observed with with so many countries and so many cultures, different people, um, they they have changed up so many origins of it, you know. So that one it jumped out um, for me because there were so many different ones that talk about the eighth century and how they recorded the celebrations of a feast of St. Valentine. You know, you're a lot of different ones, but they always go back to the association with lovebirds and spring. Because, you know, a lot of times they, they would say love is in the air, you know, during the springtime. So, well, of course, this is spring. You know, this is February. You know, we, we are a little bit past wintertime now. But uh, with that being said, um, it's, uh, you know, they have the folk tradition. They talk about, uh, let me see, I can read one more here. It says, while the European folk tradition connected with St. Valentine and St. Valentine Day has become marginalized by modern customs connecting the day of romantic love, there are still some connections with the advent of spring. While the custom while the custom of sending cards and flowers, chocolates, and other gifts originated in the UK, Valentine's Day still remained connected with a folklore of a character called Jack. And, and it says, Jack Valentine knocked to your rear door of your house, leaving sweets, uh, presents for children, although he was leaving treats. Many children were scared of the mythical person. So that was one of them that I... I remember seeing. So, um, can I tell you the one that I heard? Sure, absolutely. So, I heard Valentine's Day actually started. Um, and its origin, I don't know, it depends on your, your, your level of sexuality. Mm-hmm. But it started as a, um, with a, a statewide or a citywide origin on Valentine's Day, um, back in, uh, Rome, mm-hmm. in the Roman days. Um, whether you were married, whether you were black, white, whether you were a uh, um, high priest, um, whether you were, you know, in, in the government, or whether you were, you know, a pauper, you know, just completely in poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one day a year where you, there was this big festival that was held, and it's just everybody just had sex with everybody. And over the years, you know, they kind of tailored it down. Right. Um, so that's that's my the origin of Valentine's Day that I heard. Okay. That that may have been the feast that I was talking about, but they didn't mention anything about food in there. So that may have been you know, the feast that they were talking about. <laughs> you know. Yeah, everybody just got together on that day and they called it the day of free love. And so 
Yeah, you know, whoever, wherever, how many, didn't matter. <laughs> oh, wow. Ain't that something? That's all. Which, but some people might be interested in that today. You know, they just may call it something else. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. But hey, you know, to each his own. If you like it, I love it. Ah! Exactly. Well, anyway, stick around, folks. You're listening to Mem Society Podcast. We're inside the new temple of Mem Serenity. I'm your host, John Mims. We'll be right back with some outros and some recognition and some shout-outs. So stick around. We'll be right back. And I mean, bring your asses right back here, too. Don't let me have to come back and look for y'all. Temple of Mims Serenity. This is the Mims Society Podcast. Your host of the mostest, John Mims. We're gonna get out of here in a few minutes. But first, I want to thank my good friend Aaron for calling in and being a good sport and playing along with my antics and my shenanigans here today. And I hopefully that you will join us again another time. I want to thank all my listeners. If you have. If you're listening for the first time, drop a line, hit me a like and subscribe button. I want to thank everyone. If you have been listening before since day one, keep on listening. We'll have some more stuff for you here later time and day. I want to thank everybody here in the great state of Texas, here in Houston, also in Central Park, Louisiana, my family and friends out that way. I look forward to seeing everybody real soon here on social media. I'm getting ready to get ready to, to uh, publish and produce some more Mojum comics. Make sure you take a look at that on Facebook. I published some more uh, comics here recently uh, on, on life choices, uh, life experiences. So check those out. Let me know what you think of them in the comments and in the questions. Uh, hit me up on the Q&A uh, pertaining to Super Bowl. Who is your pick? Kansas City versus uh, San Fran. Let me know what is your thoughts on dating after 40 here in 2024. Hit the like and subscribe button when you when you uh, hit your uh, question or your comment. We'll definitely share that online next time. Hit me on the, on the Q&A on your thoughts, your questions, concerns pertaining to Valentine's Day. What should be expected in a relationship if you're dating someone? If you believe in Valentine's Day, what are some things that are going to be expected? So we're going to get ready to get out of here. So Aaron, do you want to say anything to our listeners out here before we head out? Uh, just thank you guys so much uh, for having me today. Quick shout out to Ace Powell, always represent 45 years strong. And finally, a quick shout out to the Most High, His Son, and the precious spirit of the Most High. You guys got to end it on that note. And again, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate you stopping in. 
here and let's start a podcast. We always like to leave here on a good note. If you have family members or friends, I don't care if they're young or old. I don't care if they live in Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Louisiana, Houston, wherever they are. If you haven't had a chance to reach out to them and you haven't heard from them in a long time, drop them a line, drop them a text. They might be happy to hear from you. In this day and age, the way people are leaving here for sickness and illness, diseases, there's accidents happening all over the place. There's nothing secure and there's nothing promised to us. So make sure you're checking on your loved ones, your family, your friends, especially the elderly and the sick, the ones that you haven't heard from in so long. They'll be happy to hear from you. Anyway, with that being said, you are in the Temple of Mims Serenity. You're listening to the Mims Society Podcast. I'm your host, John Mims. Check me out on formerly Anchor. We're now on Spotify slash John Mims. You can also can check me out on iHeartRadio, Google, Apple, Amazon, wherever it is that you're getting your good old podcast. It's just two minutes after one o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. It is Sunday morning. Good morning. Good night to everyone who's been listening. So until next time, y'all have a great night. What y'all waiting on? Y'all get the y'all, y'all gonna get the hell up out of here. The street light then came on. So next time, peace out. <laughs>